things that are happening in this world, the struggles, the difficulties that we're dealing with were planned from the very beginning of the fall. The God of this world who wants to have power cannot have power until you and I are gone. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, if you're blood-bought and spirit-filled, folks, you don't have to worry about blowing up. You just get your eyes on going up. The Bible says when you see all these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your head. Jesus is coming again. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Amos chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, it's in the Old Covenant, it's in the Minor Prophets, so you just kind of scroll through it and you'll find, you'll find the Minor Prophets. Uh, it is right before Obadiah and Job and right after Hosea. I just want to look at one portion of Scripture and find the pertinence to this. Almost all of the minor prophets, directly or indirectly, are referring to the end times. The major prophets, you know, people say, well, what's the difference between the major prophets and the minor prophets? Does that mean one's more important than the other? No, it just means the books are bigger. When the Bible says the major prophets... It means Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Ezekiel, the guys that have the big books. The minor prophets have the little books. Okay, that's the only reason for the terminology. It doesn't mean one's less or one's more important. The book of Amos, along with the majority of the minor prophets, as we'll talk about here in just a second, help us to understand what is going to happen the days preceding the Lord's return. And I want to read a scripture, Amos chapter 8, verse 11. said, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but listen to this, a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. This famine is twofold. And this famine is applicable and pertinent today. Around the world... Even today as we speak, and you have watched it on the news, if you've seen the news, you have seen Bible-burning times where they're, they're trying to get rid of God. So they figure if they can burn God's word, they can get rid of it. The countries that are going through the greatest persecution of the gospel, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, right now we are sending more Bibles to than ever before. 
folks, you're not going to kill the word of God. But it says, the twofold part of it is the world is trying to destroy, and God said there's going to be a lack of God's word, and there will be. But the second part of that is that the people, as we find in 1 Timothy, they do not want to hear the word of God. They will no longer give themselves to sound doctrine, but will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, looking for what they want to hear. Can somebody say amen? This is the problem that you have in the church of Jesus Christ today. The church is so afraid of offending offending people that they no longer preach the uncompromised. And I'm not talking about all of them. I'm talking about a good portion of them in in the world community today is if I preach a certain thing, I might, I might run my money folks off. Don't look at me like that, folks. That's the way some of the churches think about it. And I'm not trying to badmouth anybody. I'm just saying this is the pressure that the church, the pastors, the pulpit has in bringing forth an uncompromised message is the people in the chairs say, if you don't tell me what I want to hear, I'm leaving. Well, let me encourage you. We don't have that problem at this church. We preach just this. Why? Because I understand this passage is talking about the day and hour we live. Let me take you into some understanding. You cannot preach the word of God without preaching prophecy. You cannot study the word of God without studying prophecy. From Genesis to Revelation, every fourth verse in Scripture, when you read it out over all the thousands of verses, every fourth verse in Scripture deals with prophecy. In the New Testament alone, the Lord's return is mentioned over 318 times in 216 short chapters. You cannot propagate the Word of God without dealing with the Lord's return. That is an average of one verse every 25 verses. 23 of the 27 New Testament books specifically talk about the Lord's return. Let me take you to the Old Testament. Job, Moses, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, just we're talking about the major prophets here. All of these guys, these are the big shooters, the big books in the Old Testament, along with almost every one of the minor prophets write about the Lord's return. You cannot preach the word of God without preaching the Lord's return, unless you try to. And the sad reality, and look at me, please, there's folks right here in this congregation don't like to hear about the Lord's return. And there's valid reasons. I mean, some of us, young boys, young girls, we want to get married, we want to have kids. Older moms and dads, we want to have grandbabies. We have the valid reasons for it. If you want to look at it that way, well, I want to live life. A lot of people don't like to hear about the Lord's return. Jesus spoke specifically and often 
about his own return. Throughout the centuries, Jesus' followers adamantly believed and wrote and taught that Christ was going to return one day to the earth. As a matter of fact, Paul, Paul the Apostle, who is credited with two-thirds of the New Testament, listen to this, he spoke twice about communion. And we get all bothered if we don't do communion enough. Paul talked twice about communion. Thirteen times he mentioned baptism. And we get all up in a wad if we don't do some of these sacramental things. And folks, I understand. But he preached between 50 and 75 times that Jesus is coming back. Where do you think the emphasis is? The Bible teaches it. Jesus stood on the truth of it. The apostles declared and wrote of it. Every Christian creed includes and affirms it. It is obvious that the Lord's return is one of the most significant issues in all of Christendom throughout the centuries and in God's word. But the strange thing is too many Christians in this generation either want to ignore it or are somehow confused by it. There's a day coming when there will be a famine in the land. And the famine will be propagated because of the rejection of God's word, not the lack of God's word. Am I making any sense today? Remember, God has never brought a judgment from the beginning of time to now that he hasn't laid out plenty of warning. He set the rules in the Garden of Eden, and he told them the consequences. Before the flood, for 120 years, Noah preached that God meant business. Yet, they did not heed his warnings. What I want to talk about today is the fact that every crisis that we have ever faced in this world, to the truest sense of the term, is a heart crisis. A hardness of heart crisis. Simply put, a hardness of heart is when a man becomes more consumed about himself than he is about the things of God. It's getting quiet already, honey, and I just now started. Honey, that was my wife, okay? Just want to make sure that I'm not calling all the church honey. Though I'm sure some of you husbands could say honey, yes. All of the crises that we have had in this earth come because man is rejecting God with all of his heart. I, in putting these series together these, these last four weeks, I preached the first one was about a spiritual crisis and how that, that man is basically glorifying himself more than he is God and, and he's dying to the things of God and living to the things of man, that we got into a carnal crisis. And we talked about how the carnal 
is not just talking about the flesh or mankind. It's talking about the earthly. It's talking about this temporal world that we live in. And we talked about how there's massive things happening around the world that is showing us just like it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. The way God destroyed the earth with water then, God said, I'll destroy the earth this time with fire. But it's all going to come up the same way out of the bowels of the earth. Last week, I had no intention of talking about it. I actually intended on ending the series last week. But last week, God, as I was preaching on the carnal crisis, God said, you know, you've been dealing with that four moons in your mind for a while. You've been talking about it. You've been reading about it. You've been hearing about it. Why don't you talk about it? So we talked about the four blood moons last week. How many think time might be short? If you haven't got any of these notes or any of these series, all of our notes and all of our recordings are are at vlccaz.org iTunes, you can go out there, you can download it, and you can listen to them. You can actually download the same notes that I put in here. I've had people over the years say, Pastor Tim, these notes are good. Why don't you save them? Stop giving them to people and write a book. Folks, I am writing a book. It's called The Book of Your Life, and it's written in heaven. I don't have to keep the notes. Go study them. Go learn. Go read Listen to it. You can listen to the preaching. I've, been, I've had a half a dozen people come up to me in the last several weeks say, Pastor, we need to live stream this. We need to put this on video. Don't know how to do it, but you do, so maybe we'll get that going. Every crisis, as with today's message, a financial crisis, is a whole lot more than money. There's a heart issue where man is rejecting the heart of God. A financial crisis, as we jump in your notes, a one-world government and the coming Antichrist are happening right before our eyes. Around the world, we hear the sound of great financial rumblings. Most likely, sooner than later, the world's financial system will crash. Now, in your notes, do you have this in your notes right here? Okay, I want you to underline this next line, or be crashed. The crash that I'm talking about is not something that's just going to accidentally happen. It is going to be is forcefully, purposefully, and critically established. It will happen. It's not going to be an accident where people just are bad stewards of their money. Folks, what is happening around the world is very purposefully intended to bring the world to a system to where you have the powers and you have the servants. All you got to do is read history, folks. All you got to do is read the newspaper. All you got to do is read, and you can watch the whole thing. Today, I'm going to try to unfold a little bit of this before us. This is when most expect the Antichrist to step forward from the wings to control of what will and now must become the one world government. You say, Pastor, that's, that's all fantasy. That's all fairyland. Get your head out of the sand. Read the Washington Post. Read the Wall Street Journal. Read these different papers. Folks, I just, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm an, a, a, an aholic of any kind, I'm a newsaholic. I, my wife, will you put the news down? <laughs> 
I do this to keep you informed. I want to take you to this picture here. This is Washington Post. This is November 25th. How many days ago is that? That's what I thought. A changing world order. This isn't some fly-by-night newspaper. This is Washington Post. And the problem I have in this is I can find dozens of newspapers and articles saying the same thing. I don't have time. So, you know, the whole end times thing is every week, Saturday comes around, and I'm still digging because I'm trying to dig the great things out, the best things, most clearest out. Look at this. November 25th, a changing world order. Like heralding the American decline, warnings about the coming global disorder. Coming global disorder. You hear what I'm saying? The coming global disorder. You've got to have a disorder before people are crying out for order. Have often proved premature. But now let me go down to the bottom paragraph. History does not offer much reason for optimism. The stuff that's happening in the world, folks, is purposely set. Not much reason for optimism. The world order rarely changes by means of smooth transition. And this is what I want you to grab a hold of. These are what the newspapers, these are what the articles worldwide are propagating. It's just our media doesn't put it out too much. Why? Because they're part and parcel in it. Oh, that sounds like conspiracy. Go read it yourself. I'm not conspirizing anything. I'm just telling you what it says. Usually, such a change is result of cataclysmic upheaval. This is purposed. This crisis, this crash. They have a new thing that's sweeping Europe right now, and it's called the bail-in. We've all heard of the bail-out. How many have heard of the bail-in? It's where the governments are now reaching in to your bank account and mine and taking our money to bail out the nation. Go read it. Just go Google bail-in, and you'll find things. It's been happening. They did it in Spain. They did it. Uh, they've done it in some of the European countries. It's trying to sweep. They're trying to stop another Greece. Everything is on the precipice of collapsing. The signs are everywhere. The media, enormous financial losses in the world banks, countries in Europe, the states in America, the nations around the world, and the U.S. are facing bankruptcy. Even Japan's economy is on the brink of failure due to the horrific natural and man-made disasters that they have faced. Therefore, knowing the complexity and perplexity of the world, the EU or the European Union has had in plan for a long, long time the rising up of a supreme president that will control much more than just Europe. Once again, go Google this stuff. I don't have time in a Sunday morning to talk about it. But what I want to do is bring us understanding that when we see the headlines, it seems that the entire earth is in revolt against her inhabitants. There are volcanoes that are, that are erupting, that they haven't erupted in centuries. Mount Etna, how many have been reading the news? Over in, in uh, wherever the heck it's at, it's over there somewhere. It's blowing up 
moment by moment, they've never had so many eruptions. They've got volcanoes around the entire, as we talked last week, or the week before last, the entire ring of fire out of the 472 volcanoes in the world, over 75% of them are currently active, and the rest of them are, are moderately active with only four or five of them not active. When I taught on that two weeks ago, the people said, Pastor, what about Agassiz over here? What about the peaks? Like I said, folks, I'm not too concerned about blowing up. I got my ticket, and I'm going up. <laughs> Come on, give my hand clap of praise. We read in Leviticus recently in the 18th verse, well, God said, if you choose to abruptly and purposefully reject my decrees, my commands, my directions, and my directives, I will cause the land to vomit you up. Folks, this world is being consumed by man's wickedness. Let me take you to Romans chapter 8. All creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when the Lord will reveal who his children really are. I want you to underline that, who his children really are. And I say that, folks, I say that because not everything that shimmers is gold. Not everything that says Lord, Lord, and speaks in tongues and praises and hallelujahs and shouts and dances is glory-bound. You say, well, that's not your call. I'm not calling it. I'm just throwing it out. He said, the day is coming when I'm going to reveal who my children really are. You know how he's going to do that? With the rapture. As the earth is vomiting up, God is catching up. And the Bible says we'll be caught up together to be with him forever in the clouds. So this is definitely not a time to be playing church. Against his will, the scripture goes on to say, all creation was subjected to God's curse. It didn't want to, but because of man's rebellion, because man has rejected God, God said, okay, you're going to have to deal with this earth. I'm going to curse the earth. It's going to bring forth thorns. It's going to bring forth thistle. It's going to bring forth issues that I did not want it to, but because of man's rejection. And the Bible says the earth itself, with eager hope, is looking forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. This entire earth is longing and groaning for that day that it can be what God originally meant it to be. Can you say amen? When a country is so far down that up is all they can look, they have to make a decision which up they're going to look at. Are they going to Look up to God, or instead of looking to the Lord for their salvation, they begin to drain all that they have to get things that are wrong righted. And in this, we end up in a financial crisis where we try to buy out or bail out everything to get everybody on the same playing field. The problem is it's not an even playing field. It is the powers that be and the people that are that are on that field. 
This is always the climax of a society that is going to rise. In this, we find that the end result of man's desire to dominate man always raises a few and puts down the rest. Galatians chapter 6 tells us, though, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Look at me, Christian. If you're here and you're going through different things, you're going through perplexities and struggles, God's justice is on your side. But let me go on a step further and talk to all of us. We always will harvest what we plant. Those who plant only to satisfy our own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please God will harvest everlasting life from God. So look at me for just a moment as we jump into this message this morning. There are a lot of things that are happening in the world. And when I'm talking about a financial crisis, I am talking about more of the the physical way of maintaining things. I'm not just talking about money, though. We will talk about money a bit. We're talking about politics. Oh, you can't talk about that in church. Let me give you the only word that politics really means, power. That's what politics means. You look up politics, you will find in the number one definition, power. And that's what we're dealing with here. There is ultimately a God in this world that wants power. He can't have power right now because God won't let him and the church keeps it from him. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? The devil cannot have the power he wants until the church is gone. Why? Because the minute he starts showing up, we're going to start exposing him. Hey, we know what the devil looks like. How many know a little bit better because of the Wednesday night classes? We know what the devil's doing. We know how he's operating. We understand that. So the church has to get out of here. I was actually thinking maybe next Sunday I'll talk about the rapture, but I'm not sure. It's just it's been tossing around in my head. How many would like to talk about the rapture? Oh, good. Great. <laughs> There's one more message I didn't have ready. So that's okay. It might be a good one to follow this up. But anyway. What? I did. Yes, I did. That's only because God brought it up, and I've been dealing with it. I don't want to talk about the rapture. I talk about it all the time. But it might be good. What I'm, what I'm wanting us to understand, folks, is the things that are happening in this world, the struggles, the difficulties that we're dealing with, were planned from the very beginning of the fall. The God of this world who wants to have power cannot have power until you and I are gone. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, if you're blood-bought and spirit-filled, folks, you don't have to worry about blowing up. You just get your eyes on going up. The Bible says when you see all these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your head. Jesus is coming again. I may get a little excited today, so bear with me. What in the world is going on? Is this the collapse before the end? The head of the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, made an interesting comment 
recently. He said these words. He said, the financial collapse of 1929 will seem like a mere inconvenience in light of the economic crash of the today's world will soon face. The International Monetary Fund controls all the money of the entire world. We have something in America called the Federal Reserve, which really is not anything more than an arm of the IMF. Today's crashing global economy is zooming the world towards the mark of the beast. I want to spend the next little while talking about this because this is prevalent in the time we live. How many have heard of the Bitcoin? Anybody heard about the Bitcoin? It is electronic technology. It's not real money. It is, it is, it is basically on a computer. I was reading an article just last night as I'm trying to wrap my brain around all this stuff and conclude what I'm doing to bring out today. And there was a man that was digging through the dumps because he threw his whole hard drive away. And on his, <coughs> on his hard Excuse me. On his hard drive was several million dollars worth of bitcoins. They have no value other than in the ether world, if you will. And they're worth millions. They are selling right now. They started out at $13 a piece. They are selling now at almost $2,000 a coin. A coin that doesn't even exist. It's selling for more than gold. Why? Because the world system is getting us to the place to where we don't trust what's in our pockets, what's in our bank accounts. But we trust the powers that bring the dominance and the control. The world is moving rapidly toward the mark of the beast. I see this right on time with the biblical prophecies that have been fulfilled and will face imminent fulfillment. The current economic catastrophes in the United States, the European Union, and Russia show that the nations of the world are imploding globally in a rapid downhill spiral toward the inevitable collapse. Many believe the final collapse will happen after a short resurgence. Because a world leader will now rise up. Somebody will rise up. And I'm not going to get into this. I might get into it next week if we go into the rapture. But the reality, this world leader is already in place today. And behind the scenes, they're getting a lot of the stuff. Folks, I don't like to get into politics much. I do it more than I probably should, but that's okay. Somebody's got to talk about it. The people we have controlling the different countries of the world are pawns. They're puppets. They are not the powers that run things. Once again, all you got to do, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm not bringing out any kind of conspiracy stuff. All you got to do is look at the decisions they're making. Nobody in their right mind. I listened to President Obama make a statement here just a couple days ago. And he is going off on how incredibly wonderful his administration is doing. 
How incredible America is today because of his administration. How great it is. All the, pe- all the stuff. Now whether you're for him, you're against him. Folks, nobody in their right mind looking at this country can make those statements. Except there's something behind it. Am I making any sense? No, I'm not going to get into all the junk I know. I'm not, that's not the point. The point is to lay out a broad understanding of what ultimately is happening in the world. Soon the global economy, soon the global economy, did I say that word? Soon the global economy will require an international policing system for dispersion. It is already happening. It is already happening in nations of the world where they are going cashless. I'm going to blow your mind with a picture I'm going to show you in just a moment. This policing system will be known as the mark. The system will require all to bear this mark. Listen to me. That they can control the food and water systems of the world. This is the purpose. That they can scrutinize who participates or not. To fulfill society's needs, every man, woman, and child will be forced to take this mark for the purpose of of obtaining societal needs. And as we can see, we're fast approaching the point in our history where survival without some kind of identification, the Bible says in Revelation 13, it'll be on the right hand or the forehead. They've already been playing with this for years. If you read the news, if you look at the stuff, unless you walk around with your head in the sand, we've got this, we've got all of this new technology. How many have a phone? Lift your phone up. Go ahead, lift it up. Most of you, they know exactly where you're at today. Now, they say you can shut these things off. You cannot. Because this is what has to happen. The entire world has to, you have to be known what's going on. This whole system. There's actually things you can read, and it's been in the papers. How many have read some of the scandals? Just one of the scandals. The NSA. Monitoring everything, watching everything. You say, well, Pastor, that's not been proven Duh. It's blatantly. A mark. Motorola just released a new chip that's going to go right here on your skin. They're trying to do away with all of the accidents and all the struggles and all the stuff that happens with cell phones to where you can communicate just by talking. The biggest problem they're having right now is they're trying to figure out how to power this little device. How many have seen it in the newspaper? Am I the only one that reads the newspapers? Am I the only one that reads? I mean, it's right there, folks. It goes right here so they can pick up your voice. And right now they're trying to power it by your brain. They will run a, some kind of thing to your brain that will actually put the power to it but it'll also get to the place to where you don't have to talk. You can just think what you're doing. 
you guys got to get out. All I got to do is turn my computer on. Of course, I know how to look for stuff, so maybe that makes it a little bit different. But there's all kinds of interesting things. You find people getting chips and different things like this all the time. It's not time for that yet. Right now, it's headed towards that, to where the world system, it will be impossible to buy or sell. The false prophet is ultimately the one that will institute the mark during the tribulation period, according to Revelation 16. There are many who believe that this person is in process of pressing this concept globally right now, and it's begun in the UN and the EU. Now, let me blow your mind a little bit. Last week, or two weeks ago, I talked about how Israel is called the gay capital of the Middle East. Interesting, God's nation, God's people, God's place. Look who's formulating, go ahead with the slide. The times of Israel, the government dream of a cashless society is already a reality in Israel. Already. And I'm just going to read the, uh, where is it at here? Cashless society within reach. Did I put it up there? I probably forgot to stick it up there. Yeah, that's the next The next one. Cash is dead. What it basically said, the reason Israel is going to this is to stop tax evasion and to take control of who's spending what, where, when, and how. Okay? Even small purchase using uh, ubiquitous smartphones and other portable devices, bringing the dream or nightmare, depending on your point of view, of a cashless society within reach. Uh, there it is, in order to afford the authorities greater control over the economy and prevent tax evasion. This is why the government is seeking to severely limit cash. This is what the world system is trying to do. I know this is discomforting for some folks, but this is what I do is I bring folks understanding. Go to the next verse, the next slide. Cash is dead and credit cards are they next? What they're basically talking about is a new credit card system that swipes just like credit cards, does all of that, but your entire monetary system is on one piece of plastic that is inundated or embedded with RFID chips, okay? These radio frequency identification markers. And so the reason for that is, is you can just, right now they have it, uh, um, some of your debit cards, if you look in your pocket, when you were in the banks, they told you, well, this credit card is equipped with this thing that you can actually just walk by the teller or walk by the cash register, and it'll pull the money out for you. How many have that kind of debit card? How many have heard of that kind of debit card? Okay. Uh, I, when I worked at Chase Bank, they were pushing them. So I, I know they're, they're there. A lot of people say, well, I don't want that turned on because we understand there's something freaky about this. Am I doing okay? Cash is dead. Are credit cards next? Yes. And what they're trying to do is get down to this coin 
that battery life will last up to two years, except they can propel or power it from our own organs. Biblically, the mark will be fully implemented after the first three and a half years of the tribulation period, which I and many others believe is very near the start. Now, I'm going to show you something that was in the original draft, microchipping of America. The original draft of the ACA, how many know what the ACA is? Obamacare. The original draft of the ACA, I'm going to read down here the last, the last line. The secretary shall establish a national medical device registry in this subsection referred to as a registry to facilitate analysis of post-market safety and outcomes data on each device that A, is or has been used in or on a patient, is a class 3 device or a class 2 device that is implantable. Now, they took this verbiage out of the current Affordable Care Act. But it's there, folks. This is the ultimate plan. How many are saying this is wiggy? Okay, this is the ultimate plan. As you read this little postscript in there under Global Research, and you can go out and find this stuff. It's not... This isn't secret to only Pastor Tim. All over the world, the major markets are collapsing. They're struggling at best. Every economist knows, known, says the American market cannot continue at its current state of climb without crashing. The stock market is over 16,000 points. It has never been that high in all of history. We have one of the worst economies America has ever had. What's going on with the stock market? It's called fruitless fallacy and paper profits that most economists say and cannot keep being propped up. Bill Clinton was president. He signed a pact with China to send them the latest technology that we have. And he sent it for the purpose of easing tension between America and China. But there was a stipulation said you cannot sell missile-related products or give them to Iran or other developing countries. The only problem is China signs and disregards agreements all the time. Today... China has now much of the latest technology and is now threatening to use it against Japan to join with Iran and Russia, and ultimately they're threatening to use it against us. Let's look at the New World Order. China's government-owned media calls for immediate world order and a new currency. Let's see, what is the date? October 13th. Was that about a month ago? A month and a half ago? How many can think there's probably something happening in the world? Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Well, actually, go back to that screen. Was there something I was going to read on that uh, earlier this week? Blah, blah, blah. Um, on, on October 14th, 14th, as rioters began tearing down barricades in our nation's capital, China's government-owned news agency increased 
the tensions by calling for immediate change to the reserve currency. They want to do away with the dollar as the reserve currency and to establish a new world order. What's happening in society, folks, is things are falling apart and the world is scrambling to put it all back together. And they're going to do so. But they're going to do so at great cost to the rest of the world. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 tells us why that we just keep doing what we're doing, kind of going through the motions. It says, because sentence of a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. Second Timothy chapter 3 says, you should know that in the last days there will be difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. God's mercy, and I'm not going to read the rest of the passage. You can read it in your notes. Ultimately, they'll be puffed up, and they'll love pleasure rather than than God. Therefore, they'll give in to whatever is necessary in the world to bring that peace, to bring that pleasure. God's mercy has always preceded God's judgment. He sent them from the garden, gave them 2,000 years to do right. He sent the flood and gave them 2,000 years to do right. He sent Jesus to die at Calvary. It's been 2,000 years. In 2 Peter, the Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish and that God is always making a way where there seems to be no way. In Isaiah 43, it says, I am the Lord, your Holy One. Israel's creator and king, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters and made a path through the sea. Talking about when Israel was delivered from Egypt. He said, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt and the chariots and the horses and I called them to lie beneath the waves dead. Their lives were snuffed out like candle wicks. But listen to what God says. He said, there's a day coming, but forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm going to do a brand new thing, and I have already began it. Don't you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness and the world for my people to go home and create for them rivers in the desert. In 1948, the Bible says God made a way where there was no way. He brought Israel back to this barren wasteland called the Israeli desert. But God did something supernatural. He caused them to start running springs and streams and and the different aqueducts to bring the water in. Israel is now the top three producer of agriculture in the world. He said, I brought a river in the desert. He said, I'm doing a new thing. But he said, don't turn your back on me. First Timothy 6, we love to quote this. We many times quote it wrong. Money is not a problem. It's the love of it. Which brings us back to the question that I have to ask. Is man set on course of his own destruction because of his own self exaltation. We are on the verge, David Rockefeller said, and it depends on where you go research, is anywhere from 1989 to 1994. He said, we are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. 
The world is set on destruction because man has chosen to reject God. Satan has accomplished his goal, setting up man to be God, man to have authority, only actually to bring recognizing of Satan for God. The enemy, Lucifer, even if he'll be God only for a moment because he knows his days are short. You say, well, pastor, why the heck is he doing that? Because his objective is not what he can't do. He can't destroy God, but he can destroy as many of those that God loves more than anything, and that's you and I. There are many organizations in the world that are very real, And they have a real plan to rule over all of mankind if they are able. Their ultimate head is the enemy, is Lucifer. And this is the ultimate goal of Satan, to rule the world if not for any length of time. It doesn't matter, once again, is to bring destruction to what God loves so much that he gave his only son for. Most of the things that we are seeing happen today are being done through the lens of safety and security, but ultimately with control and dominance as their objective. Let me share some with them. Healthcare. I don't know about you folks, but I got a letter that said they're going to cancel our healthcare by the end of this year. Did anybody else get a letter? They say, my health care isn't good enough. I think it's doing just fine. Is it the end of this year they're canceling? 2014. My health care is just fine. Folks, my wife and I are both in our 50s. And they say that our health care is not good enough because we don't have prenatal care. We got plans I don't know about? Okay. It's not good enough because I don't have good psychiatric. Now, that might need to be on mine, okay? <laughs> but, but listen to what's happening. The ultimate goal is control and dominance. Let me talk about something that is dear to my heart, gun control. They don't call it control. They call it gun safety now. Still control, folks. Welfare. Say, what's wrong with welfare? The more they can get on welfare, the more they can control your future. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all of these different things. This is all actually originated in Europe. The aristocratic society led by kings and queens has now led to the next degree of an autocratic society of authoritarian control by dictators and totalitarian despots. And it's not new. What's happening today is not new. We had the original Roman Empire controlled by this. The Ottoman Empire, the Byzantine Empire, the Egyptian Empire. The Russian Empire controlled by the czars. And every one of them had somebody rise up and say, well, hey, this isn't about the people. 
Britain's Daily Express, you can put it on the screen, said that we're going to run all of our military from Brussels now. A politician even said, it seems like they're trying to bring back the old Roman Empire and emperor. It's quite interesting that the book of Daniel declares that the last world empire will be the revived Roman Empire. You know what they called the original gathering of the European Union? They called it the Treaty of Rome. Brussels plans to control our army. Calls for a new military headquarters in the European Union. Their power base. I think it's quite interesting that when the entire squirmish, if you will, for the last days began, they talked about this giant computer that they built in the nation of Brussels. It's interesting how the new world order is taken full circle. And this is not strange, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I want to get everybody out of here. And I, I know every week pastors say, just keep going, keep going. We, we want to hear this. We want to hear this. I'm going to tell you as much as you need today. Anyone with even the most basic knowledge of economy of eco- economics realize that you cannot put vastly different economies of Europe into one single straitjacket and expect it to work within a currency straitjacket. The Eurozone had a monetary union without a fiscal union. They had the euro. They had that. Europe, I mean, uh, England would not buy into it until just recently. But they're trying to put everybody under the same cover. The problem is they did not put any fiscal responsibility. That what happened in Germany was the same as what happened in France was the same as what happened in Spain. Therefore, they have collapse. And there is talk right now of putting the centralization of the power and authority of the European Union in Germany. Some people sit back and say, Pastor, what's what's the big deal? Folks, Germany is what tried to destroy six million of God's people. Along with Russia, along with Iran, along with the different empires of the past. To put the weight of all of Europe running out of Germany, well, you figure it out. The facts are very simple. European, or Europe is a disaster. The unemployment rate is rampant. People all over are starving in, in Greece and other countries. There is a, a, a two friends that came back from Portugal. And when they came back, they said the people are advising everyone to leave Portugal, to immigrate someplace else, because the big banks are broke They don't have the ability to take care of what they have. They say, we are on borrowed time. How much? He said, I don't know. But in 2006, the forecasting of the financial crash and the housing meltdown, he said they thought they had a year or two. We're talking about the worldwide financial meltdown. And when it arrived, nobody ever thought that the governments would try to prop it up by creating this bubble that is inevitably going to burst. Am I making any sense today? 
You say, Pastor, why are you preaching this kind of stuff in church? Because it's my job to educate our people of what's happening in this world before Jesus comes. Are you okay with that? Due to the fact that money is tight, jobs are tighter, there have been a slew of extremisms that have been rising. Many think the things will become very similar to what happened in the 1930s. You know what happened after the 1930s? People like Hitler, Marx, Stalin, Mao, Castro, just to name a few, all being under the guise of we're trying to do this for the people to get them back to work, to get them back on their feet. This time, there'll be somebody similar, but so much more sinister that will rise up. Daniel, well, actually, let me back up here. The European Union is doomed under the present setup. They have no jobs. They have no work. They have no hope. The streets are in chaos. Oh, let me change that. The United States is doomed under her present setup. They have no jobs. They have no work. They have no hope. The streets are chaos. Can we put Russia in there? Can we put China in there? In Europe, this book that I tell you you can go buy, be a good book to buy, this guy named Alan Franklin. It's called Goodbye Europe, Goodbye America. It was written in 2006. He said, the powers behind all of this are far from stupid. I've listened to people talk about President Obama, and once again, whether you like him or not. I shared this with many, many people when he became president. I said, he is either going to leave as a legacy or a trail of lunacy. Have no problem. Red, yellow, black, white, brown doesn't make a difference to me. But Christian would have been good. Godly, structurally, would have been good. In Europe, what's happening, they actually have a name for it. It's called The Project. And it's always been about politics. It's never been about economics. It's always been about power surrounding the coming ruler who will strategize all of the world. Let me take you to Daniel chapter 9. Verse 27, the ruler, the Antichrist, will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven, one seven-year period. I don't have time to get into it, but it's called the Daniel 70 Weeks of Seven. And what it is is it represents years, and it comes out to a total of 490 years. Well, up till this point, 480-something years has transpired. They feel the last seven-year window is the seven-year tribulation period. And they believe, scholars believe, we are at that window. The world is getting ready. The stage of the world is getting ready to bring this world leader into power. And it's going to happen through a cataclysmic event. 
I don't know what it is. We talked about the four blood moons last week. And then when the four blood moons come together with the, with the full solar eclipse right in the middle of it, it means there's going to be a cataclysmic event in the world. It's happened seven times since Calvary. This one coming up is the eighth time. The number eight is the number of new beginnings. The seventh time. The eighth time is the ushering in, possibly, of the millennium. The thousand-year reign of Christ. Don't know. The ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. He will sign a peace treaty at the beginning of a seven-year pact. It's interesting it's a seven-year peace treaty that he will violate three and a half years <coughs> into that, <coughs> that seven-year pack. The four blood moons, it's interesting, begins in March of next year. The United States of America said they will force a peace treaty with Israel and the Palestinian Authority by the middle of 2014. Coincidence? I don't think so. But this ruler will make an agreement for a period of one set of seven. But about half, after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices offerings. He will have, there will be a new temple built in Israel. You say, Pastor, it's going to take longer than that to build a temple. Ladies and gentlemen, the temple is already built. They just have to carry it to the temple site and put it together. It's all in pieces just like it was in Solomon's time. It's already built. They said it will take them less than six months to erect it. He'll put an end to sacrifice. Why? Because he will establish what is called the abomination of abomination of desecration. He will set up his own image in the temple of God. And he will be God. He will claim himself to be God. And God said the people will scatter like rats on a sinking ship. And the fate decreed will be finally poured out upon the enemy. Russia, Egypt, Ethiopia, Libya, Iran, Iraq, Turkey are all being turned against Israel as we speak. They're ramping up for war. Just last week, a week ago last night, America signed a peace pact with Iran. Said if you guys promise not to do certain things, we'll release the embargoes and all of the different things have been holding. They have gotten hundreds of billions of dollars worth of freedoms given to them now. And you know what it costs them? Nothing. They're continuing on. Just after, two days after that pact was signed, they started massive Israeli and U.S. air drills in Israel. Let's go to the next screen. Uh, take that back. Take that back. See, the date on this is, uh, where is it at? It's here. There it is, November 27th. Oh, that was just a few days ago, wasn't it? Hmm. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, Al Jazeera. Oh, we've got a television station in America now, Al Jazeera. Hmm, interesting. 
Egypt hails renewed military ties with Russia. Israel or Egypt and Russia have not been compadres for decades and decades and decades. And now they're best buds. They are coming together in cooperation with Moscow. Building their military. Let's go on to the next one. The defense news. Iran holds talks with Russia to boost military cooperation. Egypt. Russia. I could have brought newspaper after newspaper, but folks, Turkey, Libya, Iraq, all of them are aligning together. Go to the next screen. The national interest. Russia's military is back. And if you read the whole article, it's back with a vengeance. Putin is building the Russian military in astronomical fashion. Why? I thought we had a peaceful world. They're all coming together, piece by piece. And the only Muslim nation in the Middle East that isn't standing for it is because they know Iran wants to take them down also. Put the next slide up. Look what it says. The Saudi prince says to Iran, we aren't going to sit and put up with this. Iran, Israel, and Saudi Arabia are coming together militarily. Why? Because the Saudis know Iran wants them to. Folks, all the pieces are coming together. Let me quickly wrap this up. Do do I have a little bit more time? Okay. Has America decided to follow in the footsteps of Europe, which is the original Roman Empire? The American system is beginning to fail unmeasurably. And if we understand the failure of the European system, why are we following it? The answer is relatively simple. When man begins to rule without God, he becomes a God without rule. As I said earlier, it's never been about economics. It's always been about politics. The Europeans have groups that are trying to keep the powerful powerful and the poor poor. These are similar groups that are operating in the United States. Now, I'm going to throw some names out there that you thought were just, you know, mythical things. But they're very real organizations. One's called the Illuminati. Oh, I knew that name. Go study it. Get your eyes out of the sand. The Rosicrucians, and you ever heard of the Rosicrucians? They are they are a society that they're based they're based out of Europe. They got a big organization in in uh, in uh, California, and their whole idea is to study Egyptology. I went to the Rosicrucian Museum over in Egypt, over in California. It is amazing what these guys are studying. Egyptology, the same ones that tried to destroy Israel in the beginning. Folks, it's not changed. Satan is trying to destroy God. He can't destroy God, so he's trying to destroy God's people. He can't destroy God's people, so he's trying to destroy God's church. But Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is God's word. This is God's promise. It's not about economics. The Freemasons. Oh, pastor, really? Folks, I used to be a Mason before I got saved. Started understanding about it. My dad was a 32nd degree Mason. The only one you can do higher is 33rd degree. I understand these groups. Let me give you a picture 
of what these groups are trying to do. I'll just talk about the Bilderberg group. You say, what is the Bilderberg? They're a group that met in Bilderberg, um, uh, sweet, uh, it's over in Europe somewhere. Uh, that's where they got their name from. And their whole objective is to bring a one world government together and a global marketplace. Said, the way we do this is we get rid of the middle class. This is part of their objective. What's happening in America right now? We have a president that's talking, we got to reserve the middle class, reserve, and all the time, every single decision he makes is to destroy the middle class. I have shared this for years. The only thing that makes the first world different from the third world is the middle class. Why? Because you have the ability to go from poor to rich. You have a stepping stone. No other country in the world has it but the western countries. They have a middle class. They're trying to destroy. The Bilderberg Group said their first objective is to destroy the middle class to develop a one global currency and to have a zero growth society. I've already talked about why the homosexual agenda is such a huge move in the world. You can't reproduce with two guys. Sorry if that's crude. You can't reproduce with two girls. You got to have the guy-girl thing that God planned. I think God was pretty smart, don't you? You know, when God created Eve, he said, I'm going to make a helpmeet that is pleasurable for you, that is that's its ability is to come alongside of you and to reproduce you. Put this clip up on the Bilderberg group. Is it up there? Did I put it in there? Yeah, there it is. Look at this. The true story of the Bilderberg group, global research, you can go out and read it. This is just. This was uh, January first of two thousand and nine. Is when they started the research, and they put it out originally in uh, May fifteenth of two thousand thirteen. It says one uh, one international identity, identity, universal value, centralized control of the world populations by mind control, other things, zero growth, manufactured crisis, and perpetual wars. Just. Uh, you know, expanding NAFTA and the World Trade Organization, making NATO the world military, just all this kind of stuff. One member of the Bilderberg, the, the Bilderberg group said, listen to this. It was Amichelle Rothschild. She said, give me, or they, uh, 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 he said, give me control of the nation's money, and I don't care about the laws. Give me control of the nation's money. It doesn't matter who makes the laws. I will have the power. I will have the control. Henry Kissinger, statesman under Nixon and the president after, said today Americans would be outraged if the United Nations troops entered L.A. to restore order. But yet when chaos happens tomorrow, they'll be grateful. This is especially, we're told, if there is an outside threat comes in from the outside, whether real or promulgated, that threatened our very existence. It is then that all the people of the world will plead with world leaders to deliver them from the evil. Individual rights will be freely given up for the guarantee that their well-being will be granted by 
the world government. Henry Kissinger suggests that a new world order will not come like a third world coup with military force. Rather, conditions will be created. Conditions will be created. Conditions will be created so that it will appear as a welcome salvation to humanity. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.